Now listening to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello everybody and welcome to an episode of the Nick's State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy. Now last week, if you're looking for an episode, we, we did not get to do a podcast last week. Um, my grandmother passed away, so I was dealing with that in my family. So we just did not have the time to fit it in the schedule, but we're back. We're ready to go. Um, plenty of topics to talk about on this episode, and where we're going to start is with Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, he's missed the last couple of games. He has some kind of stress injury in his leg. Um, it, his timetable kind of all over the place. Uh, you, you hear from the Knicks team uh, staff saying that he could miss two weeks. It could be two months. So, Chip, I'm, I'm getting. I'm curious to get your take. You know, what can the Knicks do? His impact of his injury, but how can the Knicks sustain if it is something long term? And, and just talk about the impact that you know him not being on the floor, how that will affect the Knicks. Yeah, Matt, uh, it's at least two weeks. Uh, and then they're going to reevaluate the injury after that. So when they say at least two weeks, then we're going to reevaluate it, you think it means probably closer to like a month. So I doubt he's going to be back right in two weeks. But the good news is that with Porzingis, the news isn't as bad. He'll be playing in the game tonight. Yeah. But anyway, as far as Hardaway goes, the impact is huge. I mean, he's our second leading scorer. You know, he was starting to develop a great chemistry with Porzingis. He was, <laughs> you know, he had already had a couple 30-point games. He'd established his career high. He, he had 38 against the Raptors. It was huge. Um, he was even starting to put together a nice little uh, all-around Stretch. I mean, after that big, that terrible slump to start the season, that four-game slump, he was just so bad, we were really questioning the signing, you know, even on this show. And then in his last 17 games since then, he's averaging 34.6 minutes, 19.7 points, 4.8 rebounds, 3.8 assists, we were really worried about the assists, if you remember. We yep. didn't think he could create plays for others. And 1.4 steals on a slash line of 44.8% from the field, 33.6% from three, which is even more encouraging. His three-point shot really hasn't even gotten to the elite level that we believe it can get to yet. And he's 81.5% from the free throw line. But <clears throat> given the fact that he has such a horrible, horrible start to the season, you know, his field goal percentage overall is 42%. But uh, he's taking a lot more shots than he typically does. 
naturally, he's never been the second option before. He's taking 15 shots a game. He's taking seven threes a game. But with that said, you know, that's 34 minutes and 18 points a game. I don't know if you've ever seen the the movie Moneyball, Matt, Mm -hmm. but I go back to that scene where uh, right at the beginning where Brad Pitt is – where they lose Jason Giambi and Brad Pitt is saying, what do we need? <laughs> and that scout says, uh, we need like uh, 50 home runs or whatever and 30 doubles or whatever. Yeah. And Brad Pitt goes, eh. and he's <laughs> like, no, we don't just need the stats because while we do need 18 points a game from Tim Hardaway Jr., that is going to be big, you can always find scoring pretty much because – Every once in a while, Doug McDermott's going to go off or Michael Beasley's going to go off. But Tim Hardaway gives you more than that because he's so electric with his energy and his teammates just feed off of that. And other guys are going to need to step up and be that guy. Like I just mentioned, Michael Beasley, he hasn't been that guy this year. And we were kind of hoping he would be. And he's just, you know, he's only reached 15 points twice. The whole season, he's had a 21-point game or a 30-point game. Every other game has been below 15. So the one guy that you're hoping sets up scoring-wise is Michael Beasley. Um, Lance Thomas isn't a scorer. Uh, you can hope that he <coughs> starts making his threes. He's only made nine of his 29 threes, which is just horrible. I mean, 31% from three. Uh given the fact that he was such a good three-point shooter the last two years, that's really troubling. But Lance has been way off. Mm-hmm. Um, and Damian Dotson, who started the last two games in Hardaway's absence, who isn't starting tonight's game against the Grizzlies, but started the last two, I, I don't think it's fair to expect too much from him in the way of scoring. I mean, he's a second-round pick, a rookie. I think really the guy needs to step up in scoring and <clears throat> it's fair to ask this of him because he, he talked so much before the season and called himself the walking bucket and compared himself to LeBron and Kevin Durant. I mean, I think it's Michael Beasley. He's the guy who the pressure, the scoring pressure falls on. Yeah. And he's the one who teammates are going to need to look to, to, to hype up, you know, the, the picture of Courtney Lee jumping on Tim Hardaway Jr.'s back, uh, Michael Beasley's going to need to be that guy. Yeah, and I mean, isn't this just the Knicks luck? You know, <laughs> I, I, we can't blame Tim Hardaway Jr. for getting hurt. He's hurt. You know, There's of nothing that not. you can do about it. But isn't this just what happens every time the Knicks throw money at somebody? We throw a lot of money at Tim Hardaway Jr., and... He's missing time with an injury. I mean, it just never ends. It's it's so frustrating. Um, I think Tim Hardaway Jr. has been pretty solid, as you mentioned, that he had an awful start, um, but has had some really strong games in between. Uh, he's, he's a big scoring option for the Knicks. And, you know, I, I think we're going to miss him dearly. And, you know, again, kind of like what you just said, it – Michael Beasley has to step up. He's going to have to be more consistent than what he is. I think so far he's had one really big performance and a loss to Houston a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, it was a nothing performance. Yeah, yeah it, nothing. it was it, – it's just he, – he's the guy. I, I mean, I, the Courtney Lee is going to have to even step up. I know he's not 
coming off the bench. Uh, Courtney Lee just came off a horrendous game, but you know he was sick. He was under the weather and tried to battle it out. You could just see that he was very lethargic, was not quite himself. Um, you know, in the next last terrible game the other night, where they just got their brakes beat off of them by uh, the Indiana Pacers, and I think he's going to have to step up as a starter. I think Michael Beasley coming off the bench, and right now, you know, we don't know if Beasley's getting into the game. Yeah, Hornacek has kind of picked and choose with the minutes with them, and I guess you really can't blame them because the production simply just hasn't been there. Uh, I think consistently off the bench, we're getting McDermott. Uh, McDermott has been struggling just a little bit with his shooting, and sometimes that's happens with shooters. They're going to go in the slumps. Uh, he's still doing great things without the basketball in his hands. We've seen him moving, a lot of backdoor cuts. Um, but I, I think he's somebody that is going to have to play more consistent. Because, look, we're not going to have a guy on this roster that's going to be able to fill Tim Hardaway Jr.'s 18 points a game. Yeah, it, It's not going to happen. What the Knicks are going to have to have is multiple guys kind of step up and up their play a little bit. If you have multiple guys kind of push their point per game total up just slightly, you know, three or four guys, well then, guess what? You're you're kind of filling the gap of Tim Hardaway Jr. being out. So, you know, guys like even Kyle Quinn, who's played really great this season, um, I think somebody is certainly going to have to pick up the slack. I don't think it's just going to be one, one person, Chip. I really think it's going to have to be a collective Effort. Maybe I know Jared Jack, 34 years old. Maybe he needs to do a little bit more. Neil Akina, you know, perhaps he, he needs to add a little bit more offensively. I, I see more shots coming from him. I think he's getting a little bit more confidence in taking a shot. Still not making a whole lot. The jump shot is a thing in work, but at least he's out there. He, he's trying to uh, show that I will shoot the ball if you sack up off me. Um, so it's just one of those things where I think a group of Nick players are going to have to step up because we're certainly going to miss what Tim Hardaway Jr. can do, especially in transition. We all know Tim Hardaway Jr., he, he's lethal when he's out in the open floor. He's, he's the most productive, fast-break guy the Knicks have. Um, and we remember last year when we don't have Tim Hardaway Jr., the Knicks were dreadful in fast break points. I think they averaged like 10 points a game fast break, maybe even a little bit under that. They were, they were way up there in the league average for it, which is not good. So I think they were last in fast break points. Yeah, they were, they, it was pretty close last. to it. If they weren't last, they were close to last. It was dreadful. Um, so when yeah. you miss that production, it's certainly going to hurt. But it's, it's a simple situation. I know it's a cliche thing to say, but it really turns into the next man up. Hopefully for mm-hmm. the Knicks, it's just two weeks um, that he'd be able to come back and play. But here's another thing, Chip. If he's missing time, it's a leg injury. I'm sure he's not able to really get conditioning in. He's, I'm sure he's shut down completely. He's probably not able to run or anything. So you got to keep in mind, even if it is two weeks, like you said, Chip, it might turn into like a month because it's going to take a little bit for him to get back into game shape. Um, so we're going to be without him a, a pretty decent amount of time. Hopefully a few weeks is just it, but you know, it's an opportunity for other guys to step up. You mentioned Dotson starting. Uh, I don't think he was quite ready to be in the starting rotation. I think Hornacek might've rushed that a little bit. Um, I think he could have filled somebody else in there. 
whether if it was moving um, Courtney Lee back to shooting guard, letting McDermott start at small forward, perhaps maybe I know um, Ron Baker really hasn't been a part of the rotation. Maybe Ron Baker gets some minutes as a starting shooting guard. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think Damian Dotson is quite ready to get starting minutes yet. Um, I think he, he it's just, he's a rookie. He's going to have ups and downs. So overall, it's going to have to take a group effort. I think even guys like Przingis, who's been great, he's going to have to stay consistent. I know he's kind of been up and down as of late with his shooting. Um, Cantor has been solid all year. So it's going to be interesting to see which guys step up. And with that being said, we are going to wrap up this segment. When we come back from this short break, we're going to talk about our idiotic owner, James Dolan. He's in the headlines mm-hmm. once again for stupidity. Nothing positive James Dolan is in the news for. The man is simply an idiot. So I can't wait to go on a little rant about him. Any chance I can talk about him, I will, because I don't like the man. I'm sure a lot of Nick fans are like me and don't like him. He is an idiot. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at, at Chipper Murphy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast, as we alluded to right before the break. We're going to talk about our idiotic owner, James Dolan, who's in the news again for nothing positive. What else is new? Um, at the Deadspin Awards, he attempted to be funny with this song that he wrote about Nick fans and him being an owner and talked about Nick fans who are very nasty to him. And, and he, he, this man really thinks it was funny. This is an NBA owner who acts like a clown. And it's sickening and embarrassing that I'm a diehard fan of a team whose owner is a complete idiot. If you have not heard his little musical song that he wrote and, and recorded in an actual music sound booth, um, we're going to play it for you here in just a second so you can hear the idiotic song that he, he finds hysterical. I don't think anybody else does. Uh, so... We'll let you hear it. It's about four minutes long or so, so you can hear it right here. Hello, Deadspin. Having a party, huh? Well, Mr. Dave McKenna, he wrote me a note, said, I should write you a song to get back at you for all the nasty stuff you said about me. But the fact is, is you haven't said that much nasty stuff about me. A lot of other people you've said nasty stuff about. In any case, I wrote the song. I wrote it to uh, the title track of our new album, called Good Luck and Good Night. And it, actually, that song is about uh, uh, Edward R. Murrow and the decay of journalism since uh, the days of Edward R. Murrow. So maybe it's appropriate for this track. Anyway, here we go, Deadspin. Hit it, Maestro. For most people that would be a dream For a trust fund kid it's a living hell Oh 
always some asshole telling me to sell orange and blue on this zoo. Good luck, good luck to the destined crew. You call me up and ask for a quote. time at your party hello to everybody so chip starting with you i'm sure you heard this or seen the video and heard him with this ridiculous song um what are your thoughts behind it yeah nothing new i mean it's typical dolan whining about the fans again i mean he can't help himself he's whining about the fans and the media I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't understand what is, why he does things like this. Um, I guess because he's a, a billionaire and he's like, I can do whatever I want and I have a massive ego and you can't tell me what to do. But the lyrics are just, I, I mean, it's obviously he's an awful musician, 
And he probably didn't even write this himself. Some clown yes man probably wrote it for him. But, I mean, God, I, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. Like, what possessed him to the Deadspin Awards? Seriously? Yeah. But what, who told him this would be, I would just like to know, who told him this would be a good idea? Sniffing glue he put in the song? Yeah. And, and then he insulted his own franchise by saying, you must be sniffing glue if you think he would get LeBron James to go to the Knicks. Like, like, oh my God, he, he's so dumb. Like, <laughs> And what kind of is there any other owner in sports who insults his Hello, own? No, Deadspin. I, I, I party, can't huh? one. Who, who well, goes out of his McKenna, way? He wrote me a note with said, his own fans. I, it's oh God, and he can just—he knows he can do whatever the hell he wants. Because as much as we all loathe him, we're not going to stop going to Knicks games just because we can't stand the guy. Yeah, I, but I, he's. He's the worst owner ever. The worst owner in the history of sports. Yeah, and I accidentally just clicked the video again. That's kind of what was just playing, if anybody heard that in the background. Um, It's, again, just not shocking. I mean, this guy, he's rich. So it's kind of hard to call somebody who's rich an idiot. So he's a rich idiot. But, I mean, I I just... trust fund. So That's true. Yeah, he even says that in the song in the opening. Yeah. Um, it just blows my mind that this guy's an NBA owner. I, I mean, it's this is why the Knicks are where they are. Simple as that. He's an embarrassment. He's a joke, and he sits there and he whines about everybody that criticizes him, and he deserves to be criticized. Because he is an idiot. He really thought this was a good idea and people would get a laugh with him. And it's just not the case. Um, I, I just sit back and when I saw it, I just shook my head like this guy is just a complete moron. I literally have no respect for James Dolan at all. At all. I, I just – I despise him. Um, you know, and I know he's very um, critical towards his fans – that criticize him, you know, he'll go as far as banning a fan. Um, my goal is to be banned by him. <laughs> I hope he hears this. I hope people share this and they can hear me insult James Dolan. I wouldn't even care. He could ban that would me. Be awesome. He could ban awesome. me because the joke's on him. I don't even live in the state. I'm not going to the garden. You know, someday I wish I can, I could go back home and visit the garden. But if, he bans me. Whatever. Cool. I mean, I'll just save money on watching an embarrassment circus act. He's an idiot. I'll just go to Charlotte to watch him. Um, but I, I literally just I, – I, I'm, again, I'm starting this GoFundMe page. It's, it's again, happening. I need people to help me raise money. I'm going to buy the next chip. I'm going to do it. <laughs> You're still doing that? I'm still going to do – you know what? I gave up on that dream for like a second – and now this came out, it's time for me to reopen this GoFundMe page, and it's time for me to make the Knicks great again. I just did a little Donald Trump right there, yeah. Yeah, I, I stole his little slogan. Um, but 
I'm going to make the Knicks great again. I won't write songs about the fans and bash them. Um, I, I guess I could write songs about Dolan just being an idiot. Uh, it, it's embarrassing. And to make it worse, Chip, there is new headlines today. Um, many of the viewers might be familiar with uh, the scandal of Harvey Weinstein. Uh, you know, his alleged abuse towards females uh, has been documented over the last few weeks. You know, uh, victims have been coming up and, you know, speaking out against him and the evil things that he has done. And now we see that James Dolan is he he's being sued because supposedly he knew about Henry Harvey. Uh, Harvey Weinstein was a predator. Did nothing about it, allowed it to happen. So just more negative publicity towards this idiotic man, Chip. When you when you see these uh, this report of him now being kind of involved in the Harvey Weinstein incident, what were your thoughts behind this? I wasn't surprised again. I mean, look, this is uh, – think of how many people covered up for this guy for so many years, first of all. It's not surprising that – another rich person covered up for him. This is what really rich people do. They cover up like dirty secrets for each other. So James Dolan is a rich jackass and he covered up for another rich jackass. You know, I'm not saying James Dolan is a sexual harasser or whatever, but you know, he has, I don't don't know how good a friend him and Harvey Weinstein were, but they were probably friends. So he had a friend who was a sexual harasser, and he knew, and like a lot of people did, and he just said, all right, this is my friend, I'm not going to do anything about it, especially because they probably made money together. <laughs> I mean, I just look and see now the Bucks owner is also involved in this suit, and it's yeah. just, yeah. what else could go wrong with this man? It, 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 I really wish... That it gets so bad to the point that the NBA kind of steps in, kind of like, and I know it's not in the same, I, I guess, uh, you know, s- similar situation to what we've seen with uh, Donald Sterling, the Clippers owner. Um, you know, when when Adam Silver's kicked him out of the NBA, that was outstanding. I loved every minute of that, and I just kind of wish that one day Adam Silver's would do us a favor and something against. Dolan would get him kicked out of the NBA because he is just, he should not be an owner of an NBA team. He acts like a child. This is a grown man who owns the New York Knicks, MSG. You would think, you would think he would know how to act, how to behave, be, you know, build a model uh, franchise. You know, you, you look at successful franchises, you know, like the New York Yankees and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you get the New York Knicks. It is an embarrassment. It's a joke. That man needs to go again, people. Let's let's form a GoFundMe page and let's raise the money to buy him out. I'm serious. You don't even have to put me in charge. We'll just start a GoFundMe page. We'll raise as much money as we can. And get him gone. You want to win championships. We need to get Dolan out. He's terrible. He's dumb. As you call it, I'm just going to say it as well. He's a jackass. That's what he is. <laughs> I mean, I, I, the guy is just, he's a headache. 
he's a headache and it's embarrassing that we have to talk about an owner. We should be talking about this team, but yet he does these stupid things that you can't help but avoid. You don't want to give him a pass and just push it under the rug and pretend it doesn't happen. It needs to be said. Yeah, I, and I, I, every sport, you know, show that you see out there that any time talks about James Dolan, nobody says anything positive about him. I have not seen one person, any analyst on TV, anybody that does radio, anybody that covers sports, I have never seen anybody say anything positive about James Dolan. It, it, the guy has one of the most prestigious teams in all of sports. And he is just bringing them down. He's bringing them through the mud, and it, it's embarrassing. It, it, it is horrible um, that this this is the kind of stuff that we have to talk about coming from an NBA owner. Uh, it, he's got to go. He's got to go. But with that being said, um, the rant about James Dolan is over. Um, guys, again, if you guys have an opinion on Dolan and all this, Send it to our Twitter page at NYKSOM Podcast, or you can now find us on Facebook as well at the Nick State of Mind Podcast Facebook page. You know, leave us a message. Let us know how you guys feel about this whole situation. Because I'm sure you guys have seen the video, you've seen these headlines, and you guys are probably just like us and just fed up with it. So let us know how you guys feel. Um, but that's gonna wrap it up for this segment. When we come back, we will wrap up the show. We're going to preview a little bit of this Nick and Grizzly game that's coming on. We also have a new thing that we're doing uh, with the Nick State of Mind podcast. So we'll do that at the very end. So we'll be back in just a moment. Hello, everybody. Mac is still the co-host of the Nick State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York's social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nick State of Mind podcast. We're going to wrap up the show in the next 10 minutes or so, actually. Um, so when you guys are hearing this, it should be Thursday. Uh, we're, we're recording on Wednesday, so tonight is the Memphis Grizzlies and the New York Knicks matchup. So we're going to kind of touch on that for just a moment, Chip. Um, what do you think are the key points for the Knicks in this matchup, and how can they get a victory at MSG today over the Grizzlies? Well, I feel pretty confident about this one. I mean, the Grizzlies just snapped an 11-game losing streak on Monday. They just fired their coach. They're kind of in turmoil. You know, there's all these rumors that Gasol kind of wanted the coach fired. Uh, Mike Conley's hurt. Uh, if I had to say there were some keys, I, I think uh, pretty much just making sure Marcus Ole doesn't go off, holding back like some of the many role players. Like Tyreek Evans is playing pretty well. You don't want Tyreek yeah. Evans to go off. I think that's why Lance Thomas is starting to guard Tyreek Evans. But uh, I think Porzingis needs to have another uh, good game. I mean, like you said, he's been kind of up and down recently. You want Porzingis to have a good game without Tim Hardaway Jr. And uh, yet, even without Mike Conley, Memphis' defense is still good. They just can't score. So without Tim Hardaway, you may have a problem scoring. So you want a good game from Porzingis. Uh, I think that's the key. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a very winnable game. As you mentioned, I think it could be a little bit different. I know they're in turmoil, but 
firing their coach and all that. It could be a different outcome when, when McConnelly's on the floor. Um, that, yeah. that guy is a phenomenal point guard, one of the guys that I think gets buried um, because there are so many great point guards in the league. He's somebody that's easily forgotten about, but Connolly is a baller. I mean, he is a big-time point guard in this league, so the Knicks kind of catch a break with him being on the shelf. Um, and he's been on the shelf for a little bit now. It's, you know, he's missed the last couple of games. Um, you still have to deal with Gasol. Uh, Gasol. Uh, you know, he's a force down low, and you know Cantor is probably going to be the guy that's on him, and that's a very tough matchup. Cantor is not gifted defensively, yeah. as everybody knows, uh, and trying to stop Marcus All will certainly be a test for him. So hopefully he's up for that challenge. And then you know Tyreek Evans, somebody you mentioned. Look, the last time we played Tyreek Evans, he's not a three-point shooter, but the Knicks made him look like one. I didn't get it, and that's something the Knicks do terrible. They do not defend the three ball very well at all. Uh, teams shoot very high percentages against the Knicks this season when, when shooting threes. Um, so the point is, you know, this, this is a game that the Knicks should take advantage of when a star player like Conley is out. But they're, they're going to have to come and play 48 minutes. It's nice to have Brzingis back. Uh, we certainly have missed him the last few games with that ankle injury, and then he was dealing with some kind of illness. So he, you know, have him back on the floor. And thank goodness that ankle injury, by the way, was not worse than what it looked like because when I first saw it I thought the guy was going to be out for a long long time uh that that was one of the nastiest turn ankles that you can see um you know thank goodness it didn't turn into like a Gordon Hayward situation uh when the, the ankle snaps basically oh, uh that, that yeah. you know that was awful on opening night uh so the Knicks kind of catch a break there but yeah I'm right with you Chip I think this is a game the New York Knicks should win uh I'll give you like a quick Prediction, I think the Knicks win 104-98. Chip, got a quick pred- uh, prediction for us? Yeah, I think that's a good one. I'd say uh, I think the Knicks score about a, a 110 points. I'd, okay. I'd say 110, 110 to 90. I think they blow them out, actually. Well, that would be I nice. That would be a, a nice one. That yeah. would be nice to get back on a winning track. They're on a bit of a losing streak. Uh, to get a big blowout win would certainly help the confidence as they move forward. Um, now we're going to wrap up the show with something that we're going to do new throughout the course of the season. Chip and I kind of discussed this, um, probably early November. Um, we're going to start doing a Nick state of mind podcast, Nick player of the month. Uh, you know, we, we talked about October. We never released anything or never announced anything because October was a short month. Uh, just a few games in there, and obviously the guy that would be the player of the month for the Knicks in October would be Porzingis. Um, so in November, that we're going to release this. We'll have a, hopefully a graphic for it um, where you can see his stats. If um, Chip's about to share who he is and his stats, but um, we think it's going to be pretty cool to give some recognition to well-deserving Knicks players each month. Whoever is getting it going for us will certainly receive uh, this this small little honor, I guess. You know, um, but Chip. With that being said, why don't you share who the Knicks State of Mind Player of the Month for November was? It is Ness Cantor, and I think it's a pretty easy choice. Yep. Uh, his numbers, first of all, are outstanding. Uh, minutes, 26.8 per game, uh, points, 14, 10.3 rebounds. Uh, his field goal percentage is remarkable. 
uh, 66.1%. That's out of this world. Uh, and something that really stood out to me is the usage percentage, which is like an estimate of the amount of plays that the player uses uh, for the team. It's below 19%. That's like shocking. For his production, that's incredibly impressive. I mean, that's just so efficient and good. I mean, he had an incredible month. And anyway, putting the numbers aside for a minute, me and Matt were talking about all the stuff that everyone that endeared him to Knicks fans possibly forever with LeBron James. Yeah. When he called out LeBron James, not just during their game, when LeBron tried to show up Frank Neotina, but also <clears throat> multiple times on social media, whether it was talking about uh, backing up Frank Neotina or with the Arthur meme. I mean, and S. Cantor has proven that he is not afraid of LeBron James. Like, let's face it, many guys in the NBA are clearly afraid of him. I mean, and S. Cantor is a guy who has beef with the president of Turkey. So yeah. I don't think he's I don't think he's afraid of anybody in the NBA. I don't no. think he really, I don't think he really cares what LeBron James thinks of him. Like some dude the president of Turkey called him a terrorist. Like I don't think he cares what LeBron James thinks of him. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And, and like you said, he, he's certainly well deserved. We kind of talked about uh, this doing this, uh, you know, this, I guess, this small little honor again, I guess we can call it as that because, you know, these guys can receive bigger honors, you know, no question about that. But, um, you know, we want to recognize the players that are that are playing well for us. Uh, and we talked about, you know, it could be kind of tricky because we could see a lot of Brazingas. Um, but I think one thing that we've noticed so far from the start of this season, a lot of different guys are stepping up and playing very well. So, you know, like I said, if we did it in October, it would have been Brzingis, 30 points a game. But in November, it's no question, it's Cantor. Um, type of guy belongs in New York. He simply does not belong in any other team, not another uniform ever again. The Knicks should hold on to him long term. Because, uh, you know, to me, I think he has the New York type attitude. He's not afraid to be here in the big stage. He embraces it. He doesn't back down to anybody. He's fearless. Uh, and, and Cantor certainly deserves this. His numbers have been outstanding. Uh, when we were losing, we had a bit of a losing streak when Cantor was out with that back injury. As soon as he comes back, the whole the whole team changed. I think it was against Miami, if I'm not mistaken, is when he came back. And uh, Brzingis went down with that injury. And that was a very devastating injury, or it looked like it was going to be. And you know, Kant just said, guys, relax, and he kind of took over in that game and kind of set the tone and led the Knicks to that win. Um, so, you know, performances like that are certainly why, you know, he's being recognized by us as the player of the month. But with that being said, we are going to wrap up the show. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast.